The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to another edition of Red Side of the Trent. This is your host, Adam Wicklow. Joining me as ever is Reese Lane, Lee Cock and Christian Brown to go through the 3-2 loss to Fulham at home on Friday night. It was a tough one to take. We're going to try and pick out some positives. Obviously going to be very much a lot of negatives, unfortunately. But Lee, we're going to start with you. We're going to start with the lineup. Obviously, Joe Worrell dropped alongside Czech Kiate and Jesse Lingard. What did you make of this? Did you, does this mean... No one's immune, basically, to being dropped from this team at the moment. Or do you think Steve Cooper's hand was kind of forced because Warrell's been so error-prone so far this season? Yeah, I think it was. Um, I, th- I think you'd be odd. Even the most ardent Joe Warrell supporters would say that that wasn't really an unfair decision. I think he has struggled. Um, the only reason I thought he might stay in the team is on the basis that he's a captain. Um, I think Christian said it before, being captain when you're in the Premier League is not going to guarantee you a, a place necessarily. So, yeah, I think it was uh, probably the right decision. Um, I think what it did tell us, however, is that the problem probably stems a little bit further than Joe Worrell, um, being brutally honest. Um, so hopefully that will, you know, give Worrell a little bit of a, a kick that he perhaps needed, uh, for want of a better phrase. Um, I think in the midfield, what was... I thought was a little bit disappointing was that Kuyate was dropped out of the team. Um, I thought he was probably our better, best player against Bournemouth, to be honest. Um, he tied a bit in the second half, but the first half, he he probably covered every blade of grass. Um, but the problem we've got is that we've got lots of midfielders and at the minute we're only using two of them. So Cooper's challenge is to find a, a winning formula. So I can see why he keeps trying different things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think I looked at the team and thought, oh shit, we're in trouble here. I kind of looked at the team and thought, well, he's, he's you know, freshening it up a bit. So um, obviously it didn't work. It, it, like Bournemouth, it did for a little bit. We, we took the lead and, and then it kind of went pear-shaped again. But uh, I was just pleased that O'Brien came on and, and did, I'm sure we'll get into him as well, but I was just pleased that he came on and, and played well. I think it was nice to see someone come off the bench who's been sat on the bench with a, a real desire to actually want to keep the shirt. Um, and I think the subs that we've perhaps made this season haven't always showcased that. Yeah, Reese, I just want to touch on uh, Willie Bolly getting a first start for us in place of, of Joe Worrell and, and obviously Froiler getting a chance in there alongside Ryan Yates as captain. Would it didn't I didn't think either of them worked too too well. I don't know what your thoughts are. And obviously we started a striker, which was nice to see as well. 
what what's your what's your opinion on that? Um, I think you could probably tell with Bolly not really played much, so that that was a big call in itself to drop your captain for someone who's not played much at all. Um, I'm not too familiar with the numbers. I, I, I'm guessing he's not played at all this season for Wolves. You know, I know I know he um, didn't play much last season. So obviously to put him in against, especially against you know a striker in the form of Alexandra Mitrovic, who's scoring goals and we all know how strong he is. Um, I thought he did okay, but in the first half and then the second, second half, the defensive throughout is what we've had now for a few games, just um, was all over the place, really. Um, Freuler, thought positioning-wise, it was all right. Um, but every time he seemed to get the ball up nervy, I thought for someone who's, Nickname is the conductor. I just thought he looked very nervous, but I guess that's you know when the team's struggling, that confidence, that low confidence, goes kind of through the whole team, doesn't it? Really, um, and as I'm sure we'll get on to um, later on in the pod, um, he was involved in one of the Fulham goals and conceding, and then but the point one positive was a one you start and he scored again. He should have scored another to be fair. He scored the harder chance. Um it was, you know, a bit of a just yeah, he's got his head to it. It wasn't nothing more really than not even a flick on, was it really? Just a bit of a missed time header and he's reacted quick and got his head onto it. And that was really good from him. Really good goal to react like that. And then he's missed an absolute stinker in the second half. But We've said, haven't we, the last few pods, we need to play with a striker. He, he has done his job in terms of his score. It's just a shame he didn't get that second. But I think going forward, um, I would be starting a one knee, definitely. Yeah. Christian, I just want to touch on Lewis O'Brien. Obviously, he's not played in the last couple of games. And then he came on Friday night and was absolutely superb. Why, why do you think he's been dropped suddenly? Because against Man City... I don't think you could pick anyone out that was any good against them because they would just got absolutely destroyed. But he was someone I thought really gave an okay account of himself in a in what was a largely negative game. But it's made no sense why he he's probably been our best player in the opening five games of the season. I'd say. Yeah, I think him and Mangala definitely. Obviously, I think what was um, good as well. They struck up a partnership pretty much immediately against West Ham. Um, I think I can kind of see why Brian might have been dropped for the Bournemouth game because, you know, all the running he had to... I mean, he must have run about 15k in that Man City game. He was like, he was chasing the ball relentlessly. I could hear so a bunny. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand why he would have been dropped for the Bournemouth game just for a bit to freshen up a little bit. But to not start him was very brave and um, ultimately slightly costly. I mean, I get the feeling we'll be saying a lot of things that will be taken out of context again or like, deliver some harsh, honest truths. But if you want a harsh, honest truth... Lewis O'Brien is what the Ryan Yates fan club believe Ryan Yates is. He is tenacious. He runs. He works. He doesn't stop. He's technically brilliant. He gets his foot in for a tackle. You know, he's at the top. He's like, I can't phrase it enough. I, I, he actually, um, he, I don't want to be too negative too early. We're at a point already where obviously it's not looking very good. And I'm really looking at O'Brien thinking we won't keep him. We'll go down. There'll be another Prem team that will take him. He looks that good already. So, yeah, it's, I, I think he needs to be the first ever team sheet from this point forwards, and until it's his until he loses it. I think Lewis O'Brien's probably adapted to the Premier League the most out of the Championship players that have come up with us. Him and I actually think Harry Tuffler has, has been largely all right, to be honest. I don't know what, what your thoughts on, on that is as well. 
with with him because he's yeah, he's, he's, I think he was, he was steady, Toffler, wasn't he? Like, I mean, it looked like you know Newcastle was a bit of a bad day for everyone, but he, he was good against West Ham. He was steady against Everton. You know, even when he came on against City, he didn't look too bad. Um, I think you know he's he's a very like dependable sort of reliable player, and um, I can see why some are slightly put out that we've now got obviously Lodi, who you know by all accounts has had a much better career so far. It's a like it's played at a much higher level. And you can see that really of some of the things that Lowry does, he's, you can see how good he is. And um, like Reece touched upon before, it's a bit harsh that Toffolo was uh, thrown out. He didn't do anything wrong, but um, I guess this is what we come on. To, this is what we will come on to at some point. In that, you know, you always have to pick your best players, and we've not been doing that in certain other parts of the pitch. Yeah, let's get into the game anyway, Lee. Uh, first opening exchanges were quite. As you'd expect, a bit cagey. Obviously, we expect Fulham to have a lot of the ball, and we we kind of sat in and, and hoped on the counter attack. And probably our first meaningful attempts that we go forward, Brennan Johnson gets behind Tim Ream, which we only exploited twice within the game and got our rewards. And it wasn't done nearly enough for me, but it it was a positive from Johnson. I thought I, I, I just want to get your thoughts on that. And obviously, the following of the corner, we've been quite good from set pieces for once. Yeah, I thought, I actually, you know, like Christian says, we're probably going to get slammed again for being daring to critique a, another loss. But I think uh, Johnson was a little bit, he showed flashes, didn't he, of his um, of his self from last season, I thought, on Friday. Um, it, like I say, it was just a bit more dis- it's a bit disappointing that they've got Tim Ream at left wing back and Johnson probably did it t- two or three times all night. That's not a criticism of Johnson, it's getting him into those areas to do that. Um but yeah, the, the couple of times we did, I thought he, he looked pretty sharp and, you know, he, he did, well, he contributed to both goals really, didn't he? So, I mean, yeah, it, it certainly was an improved performance from Johnson. Um, I do get that, I mean, round where I was sat, there was a lot of people wanting him to kind of run a bit more and work a bit harder. And I do get that. I think what we're probably going to have to get used to with Johnson is that he's got, he's probably got a little bit of Lewis McGugan about him in the sense that, you don't really want to take him out of the team because he, he can be your match winner. Uh, but at the same time, you're going to have to accept that someone else on the pitch might have to do a lot of his running for him. Um, again, not a criticism. Lots of players in, in world football who play for much better teams than Forest and who are much better than Brennan Johnson do that. Um, and it works. So, yeah, he, he was better. And I think uh, he does deserve a bit of praise for uh, Friday night. Um, and yeah, the set piece, it is nice to see us. I mean, I think since I came on the pod and said that I don't think we'd score a set piece all season because <laughs> they were so bad in the first four games we've gone and scored uh, from two set pieces in back-to-back home games so typical it's, it's stitched me up like a, a kipper hasn't it absolutely and it was a great reaction from a one but following that Reese, Fulham controlled the game largely we we just weren't we couldn't get anything going as soon as we'd win the ball back we couldn't keep it. I don't know what was wrong with Freuler and Yates in centre midfield. Like they couldn't, they didn't want the ball. I thought, I thought they they hid away from it largely, and we just kind of ended up just booting it. Really, I don't know if if that's like a formation thing or just people hiding or or what. what what's your opinion on that? Well, to be honest, Ryan Yates has never been a person who wants the ball. He's more of a you know box-to-box midfielder when he's defending he's a destroyer and when he's going forward he's, he's getting on the end you know of set pieces and crosses really so you'd be looking at 
if the back three is trying to play the ball out, you'd really be looking at Froiler really to be picking the ball up, turning, looking. You know, that's what Garner did last season. And we've missed that so far. And we missed that until O'Brien come on because he, he he put a foot in and actually wanted the ball and had a bit of desire about him. And that's why he'd been seen mostly Twitter waxing lyrical about him, that 20-minute cameo. So, yeah, the problem is you, you're changing your centre mid pairings. I think we've changed it pretty much every game, haven't we, for the last four games now. Um, City, we had, we had three in there, didn't we? Then the Bournemouth game, we had Yates and Kiarte. Yes, um, not yesterday, but Friday it was Yates and Troiler. So, it, like Lisa, really, it's like Cooper's just trying to find that winning combination. And then at the minute, it just isn't working. Um, that midfield battle against Fulham was always going to be massive. They've got Harrison Reed and Palfinia, as the Fulham fans said, who work really hard, very tenacious. And we lost that midfield battle, unfortunately. So, and they both, both their centre mid scored. You know, one reads being he's ran from the halfway line to get on, on the end of the ball on the edge of the 18 yard box. So, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's just one of them, isn't it? With the, the amount of players we've signed, it's going to be for Cooper probably trial and error a bit. But the worry is, as he got the time to do that with, we know what our owner's like. You know, there's only, since he's took over, there's only one manager who's lasted the whole season. So, and with the investment we've made, is he going to be thinking about it? I, I, I'm sure he will be, in my opinion. I mean, I'm never, ever going to shout for Cooper at, you know, at clear now, but, you know, we've got to start picking results. Up. The next two games are massive. Leicester away with bottom, who are literally... They make Forest defending look good if you watch Leicester <laughs> because they are awful at the back. But they, but with Leicester, they do the build up play going forward is very good, and they do have players like Madison, who is international level quality. Unfortunate that Gareth Southgate don't really like him. Um, that can hurt you, as you saw against Tottenham yesterday, where they could have they could have scored several goals. To be fair, Luis made an amazing save at three two. So. Yeah, it's going to be um, an interesting one. But Lewis O'Brien, I don't know why he got dropped in the first place. He's got he's got to start in the next game because yeah. you need him in the team. I know you said Cooper's looking for a solution to the midfield problem. One half is already done. Lewis O'Brien is the one. You just need to find just, someone to pair with him. Well, it, it's, all, it's all over the it's all over the pitch. He's looking for solutions, isn't it? Because you know he's dropped the captain and put stuck in Willie Bolly. When we've shipped three. Poor goals again. He, he's took Bolly off and took Steve Cook off, and Warrell's come on. You know, he's trying. He's one year's in one game, then he's out one game. Lingard's in one game, then he's out one game. It's not, you know, it is a, I can't really say a concern, but with, you know, like we said, with how many players we've signed, he's not going to know his, probably get his best team for, I don't know how long. It's just the the worry is for me that Maranakis doesn't see it that way and he's like, nah, I, you know, I'm expecting better. You know, the, the post-Everton comments sum that up. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's just I'm just concerned, to be honest. I'm concerned for the manager and I'm, I'm just concerned for us at the minute, personally. Yeah, we'll get into that discussion a little bit more later, but I just want to talk on Morgan Gibbs-White, Christian, because you are 
quite positive that he had a good game. Um, me and Reese, not so much. Uh, he gave he had forty eight percent pass accuracy. I know he's number ten, not always going to get it right, but I generally thought he had a poorer game. But why do you think he had a good game? I just thought he played well. I thought the way the positions he took up, the way he like, he was always in space, the way he even I've always said as well he um. He dropped in quite a bit too and helped help Freud and Yates. Um, because like Ray said, we were losing that midfield battle, but we did lose that midfield battle. But he would um he would get back in and you know hold shape and then very quickly get forward to assist Johnson. And what it was like having Zinko got back. That's the best compliment I got. It was in terms of a structural thing, it was he was very good. Um obviously his passing in the second half wasn't so good, but the passing he was trying to make were you know, they would have like got the game going in Forest's favour. So I don't mind a number 10 who's going to try passing like that because ultimately when it comes off like it did when he put Johnson through one-on-one, unfortunately let down by a poor touch. You know, that was from Gibbs White. The corner from Gibbs White, I think, you know, we're looking now, obviously nearly any scores in the first half as well, obviously from that corner that we um, obviously then did score from. You know, one, of the, one of the things that worried me um, when Garner left was that we were struggled to replace his delivery from set pieces. And now it seems with Gibbs White, we have actually replaced that fairly adequately. And obviously he had a free kick that was into the wall, but by and large, his set piece delivery is very good. You know, he's got scored from one corner, uh, had a good, another good chance from another. So, you know, I think that in the balance of things, he did play well. I think obviously there's room for improvement, of course. I think again, at least remember, he was, you know, he was only 22, 21, 22, 1 and 22. So he's going to like, you know, much like Johnson and Williams are going to, they're go- he's going to go through little like inconsistent patches. But no, I think on the on the balance of things, I'd much rather have a forest side with Morgan Gibbs White in than one without him. Yeah. Lee, the midfield battle was, we've all touched on it. We we, we were poor. I thought Yates and Froiler didn't really stamp their authority on it. Um, Gibbs White, tried but didn't get very far I mean I thought Andreas Pereira was terrific for Fulham he picked up so many balls Harrison Reed the same and Paulina ticking it over I've got some alarming stats in, in this I mean Yates who is meant to be our defensive midfielder no tackles no interceptions Froiler one tackle one interception Paulina four tackles one interception Yates was our best passer of the night until Lewis O'Brien come on, but largely it was sideways and backwards, in my opinion. No, nothing penetrative. What what's your what would your ideal midfield be? Would you change the formation to have a solid, more solid three? Would you go? Would you keep the two and keep trying to experiment with Lewis O'Brien and and then hope when Mangala comes back, that's the two? Or, or what what was your what would you do different? Because we've we've I don't think we've won a midfield battle most of the season in my opinion no definitely not I, I, I'd agree with that as well um, personally I mean I said it half time on um, Friday it feels weird that it was Friday and not Saturday um, I actually said I, as negative as it would seem I'd actually close the midfield up uh, we were we were getting absolutely battered through the middle of the park um, Steve Cooper's a, an intelligent bloke he, he must have known that um, and although we were winning I think it would have been quite a bold call to go with a three in midfield um, and just try and, you know, get us on top in, in that department. Um, so, yeah, I think um, he's, he's going to have to tweak it. I would go with a three personally. Um, if you're asking me to name personnel, it, again, this is my opinion. I, I think I'm fairly entitled to it. So I would probably go with Froiler doing his... Um, you know, being allowed a bit more freedom to 
to be the conductor that we think he can be. Um, with O'Brien doing something similar, O'Brien, what I like about him is he gets his head up, he looks forward. If there's nothing on, then he'll go backwards. He doesn't kind of take the easy way out of thinking, I'm going to boost my stats here and play a five-yard pass to the centre-back and then point to where it should go and where I should have sent it in the first place. Um, so, yeah, I'd go with them two and I would go with Coyate as the, the destructor in there. Um, again, I don't think he did a lot wrong against Bournemouth at all. Um, scored the goal and he's got that bit of experience in this league that, quite frankly, we're, we're going to be crying out for. Um, he, he's been signed on a free. That sort of experience he needs to be playing. So that would be my three. Obviously, that's on the basis that Mangala's not fit. If Mangala's fit, then he's probably up there with O'Brien as one of the first names on the team sheet because he's been absolutely brilliant when he's played. So, yeah, I think um, if it'd probably be Froiler that dropped out for me if, um, if Mangala is fit. So, but yeah, that would be my three. Um, I just think something's got to give. There's a, there's a famous saying, isn't there? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, we did the same thing against Fulham that we did against Bournemouth and we shipped three again. So are we going to go with the two again against Leicester and ship another three? I don't know. When will the penny drop? Well, fortunately, they're shipping for fun and all, so it might be about Correct. a 3 5 3 <laughs> Like a Sunday league game, 8-4 or something. Yeah, I mean, that would be horrible to watch, in my opinion, although entertaining for the neutral. Let's get into the second half, Reese. Um, 30 seconds in, Christian's touched on it briefly, Johnson in. Could have done better, should have done better. I mean, it's, it's poor from a player that you expect so much from, and I don't know, and then obviously the, the capitulation starts, doesn't it? Well, I, I literally tweeted saying, I hope we come out second half quick, and we did. We created an amazing chance in 30 minutes, 30 minutes in within 30 seconds. If Johnson's touch was on point, to be fair, like it usually is, I'd have, I'd have fancy him burying that. And then literally, we say, don't we, about moments in football, that probably would have won us the game. That would have probably flattened Fulham, but that probably gave them a kick up the backside. And and then within, I know it was a seven minutes period, but 15 minutes from the start of the second half to the hour mark, we're 3 1 down. Um, the first goal, <laughs> you know, and at this pod does get accused of being very anti Ryan Yates. So I am going to cut him a tiny bit of slack. I do think he is unfortunate that that is a bit of a harsh collision in terms of Mitrovic and Yates just bang into one another. It's never a foul. There's people wanting a foul. It isn't. I just think he turns and he collide. But by, to be fair to him, he does get up quick, but by the time it's too late. And was it our... However you pronounce his name. Adebayo. <laughs> Tossing for Fulham. Sounded like Paul Merson. Would you would you um, have a player on the post? Would you have a player on the post there? Yeah, that that that's a, one of my pet hates. Um, the back post. You would stop so many goals. I think Nico, was it what game was it? Nico Williams against West Ham. Yeah. Cleared one off the line, was it? Back post. And God, I mean, how tall is that toss? He must be six foot six. Yeah. I mean, he's huge, isn't he? But Yates, to be fair, he's one who usually can clear the header out of the box. And that's what Cooper says, probably why he's marking him. But it ended up being a free header and it right in the corner. I, I know it's and, a uh, it's a good screen from Mitrovic and I and I applaud that. I don't, good, I don't I, even but like I don't even think Mitrovic was trying to do that, mate, to be honest, personally. I just think it was just a collision. 
Mm. Um, he's trying to wrestle away from McKenna. But Adebayo's um, on the move way before it. Yeah. So that's what that's what I'm getting at. It's yeah. like it's, Yates needs to be a little bit more alert. And he is generally quite good at defending our box and attacking yeah. the other one. But I mean, I mean he's got he's got to do better because at the end of the day, it's his man, and your job is to mark that man. And when he's, you know, in the end got a free header, you know, you could there's only one person you can blame. It's the person who's marking that man. It's just a tad unfortunate that he's clattered into Mitrovic, but I guess you could say he's got to be more aware as well what's around him when he's look, looking at his man. He's got to think, well, if he runs that way, why am I going to follow him, for example? Hmm. But then it was just another, you know, it was deja vu, wasn't it, from the Bournemouth game? You know, the, the second is a tremendous strike, don't get me wrong, but it's not closed down again. And that's three games in a row now where Billing, Cancelo and now Palfinia had pinged it from 25, 30 yards and it gone straight in the top corner. And at this level, that is going to happen because the quality of player is just so, it's chalk and cheese from the championship. You know, Cancelo scored passes, in my opinion, probably the best wing back in the world at the minute. Billing, <laughs> we know he's got form against us of pinging it into the top corner. And Palfinia, as the Fulham fans said, who we have on the preview show, is playing out his skin at the minute. He says they're not going to keep him. So, and then I, I thought the build-up for the second was I don't want to I don't want to slag Ryan Yates off, but he's got to wrap a pass in a lot better than that to Nico Williams. It was a simple ten-yard ball. Tim Ream yeah. in, and then they they break, and that's got it's, to stop because it's we're passing the ball and it happens to strikers. We're not absolutely whipping a ball into people's feet you watch these better teams do it better midfielders and they they get they get through to add the team so so much easier Harrison Reed and Paulina and Andreas Pereira doing it was all night and you see why Fulham exposed got at our back four back five a lot of times than, than we did at them for me he was the best player on the pitch Harrison Reed he was quality he was, he was literally like the 20 minutes we've seen from Lewis O'Brien of a, a 90 minute tenacious performance. And to be fair to him, his performance deserved the goal. And it that was it was a good finish. It was yeah. just the fact that literally we've ended up with Ryan Yates at right back, Nico Williams in centre mid. It's been played down the line. Cook's too slow to go over. The ball's been played across. Reed ran from the halfway line with Froyler just glancing and looking at him. Lodi's been drawn in t- to go with McKenna that you know, that, not that communication there. And he's, he's just been left clear, free at the back post. It's know, simple errors, isn't it? swept it in. It, it is, but this is what you're going to get probably when you've, you know, you've got a pretty, you know, McKenna's got to make that um, link anti with Vladi, communication, etc. And as well with Froyler, with the defence, etc. And it's just, you know, good finish, but it, it was just, you know too easy and literally within seven minutes you've gone from winning the game to being out of the game I never even when we made it 3-2 I thought we're not going back into this game just and to be to be honest when we made it 3-2 Fulham I thought controlled the game very similar to I think how we did against Derby at home last season when they made it 2-1 we just wasted the six minutes of injury time I mean the injury time it come up six minutes for most of that, they were just passing it around in the corner. Mm. And they had they had two players in the corner flag, and we had one, I think Yates, to be fair to him, they were just passing it around them. I was like, isn't someone else going to come out and actually try and tackle them so we can get up the pitch? 
it's just like as if we'd accepted we'd lost the game by that stage. Yeah. You know, injury injury time just went within a heartbeat. And you know, it's another, you know, it's another damaging loss in this league at home. The, the two teams who've come up with you, you'd expect to be bottom half, especially Bournemouth. You know, I guarantee you 10 out of 10 Forest fans would expect them to finish bottom. Both teams are beaten at home and we've completely collapsed to both. You know, like I put on my own Twitter, what what's going to happen when you play better sides at home? You know, they, they'll, they'll just put us to the sword even more. And, that, and that's the concern for me. Um, <laughs> it's not, I'm not personally, I don't think I'm going OTT on this. I, I just, I'm just concerned for us at the minute. Um, but like I said in my last comment, the next two games are massive um, for Forrest. Need to, need to pick up some points. Yeah. Christian, how do we stop the leaky... The, 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 well, we're just leaking, aren't we? How, how do we stop this? It's 12 goals in three games, and if you want to look further, it's 14 in four. So what 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 do you think we can do to change that? How, how do we have to be more defensive and be a bit more direct and be a bit more, I don't know, not route one, but like route one? <laughs> um, play better players, simple as that. Like, I mean, um, I know it sounds very, very simple, but it is. And like, I, like, I echo what Reese said earlier, like, you know, I, I'm far from Cooper out. I don't think I ever will call that just because, you know, I know how good he is. I know also we have to take into account he is a young manager, you know, he, himself, you know, he'll, he'll be learning on the job very much Premier League because it's his first experience of it. But it becomes harder and harder to defend him and in certain instances when he keeps making the same mistake over and over again. Steve Cook is not a Premier League level starter. He just isn't. And, you know, it's very clear Forrest have issues like I don't even think it's the formation to be honest I get we can be a bit overrun in midfield but it can be amended if you have like a very quick back line we've got fast defenders on the bench and Biancone and Badder out the team none of them are there to be seen like I I, I understand that if Body went in the middle and Cook like if you're going to drop Worrell you got to drop Cook as well and you know they just we saw it for the third goal they just completely pulled that apart if Biancone was there, for example, or even uh, someone who actually moved, that might even get prevented. And it just like, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we could change formation and it just feels a bit desperate already. Like, oh, we could do this, we could do that, we, we might try this, we might try that. I get there's a lot of move, jigsaw um, pieces to sort of try and get together, but we, we can't, I, I, we can't, like I said, after, on Twitter after the game, if you were starting Ryan Yates and Steve Cook in the Premier League, you may as well write the game off from the get go. Like, I, I know that sounds very negative and very pessimistic, but I, I, Yates has started the last four games we've lost them all. Obviously, he's not the only reason for that. And then you look at Cook as well. Cook clearly is too slow. When he came on against West Ham, it was fine. It was in 20 minutes left of the game. And, you know, his leadership saw us through. It was really good. Much like Yates against Everton. Yates against Everton was brilliant when he came on the bench. You know, against tiring legs, his energy, his tenacity, his wanting for the ball. You know, he, got, he was a huge problem in that game. And, you know, it, it, it's in like a half hour, 20 minute burst. It masks some of the technical flaws that become exposed over a 90 minute match. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We need the Ikate back pretty quickly, I think. And... I, I'm not even against at this stage having a Neocarte, Bade and Biancone back three. It can move. And if a ball does come over the top like that, they'll react to it. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to sound like all doom and gloom, but much like Reese, I'm very concerned at this moment in time. We can't, if you're losing leads as well against Bournemouth and Fulham, I mean, like everyone's saying Bournemouth are the worst team in the league. Are they? Uh, are they? 
it's 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 a big concern at the minute. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Christian, I, ten- I tend to agree with you on all those points. It's the athleticism, it's the movement of players. I mean, I watched Brentford against Arsenal and although they got beat, their centre- central midfielders and their back back four, back five, however you want to look at it, I don't, I don't, I wasn't really paying that too much attention to what formation they were playing, to be honest, but they're all mobile and can play and want the ball and all te- quite technical. I, don't think we've quite we have got those players it's just about like the personnel of partnerships and all that sort of thing coming together we saw Lee I mean you, you can come and comment on this it, we saw it with when Lingard Morgan Gibbs White and, and Johnson played again together in that Spurs game and then we had uh, O'Brien and, and Yates in there who, who were combining quite nicely but is it is it now that it's that quality now, isn't it? We're we need to move the ball a lot quicker. We need to be a bit more clever with what we're doing going forward. It, it's a difficult one for Cooper because you need to get a result. We need to start getting results now, don't we? Yeah, it is. It's uh, I can't disagree with anything that Reese and Christian have both just said. There, it's it's massively concerning. I mean, I'm, I keep hearing bits and bobs. All oh, look where we've come from in the last twelve months, and all we need is a couple of wins. Well. Where, where are these wins coming from? Like Reese has said, we've, we've just played the two teams that we've come up with. If, if we can't beat them at home, who are we actually supposed to beat in this league? I mean, I said when we got promoted, it's kind of sod's law that we've gone up when the Premier League looks the strongest it's probably looked for 10 years. There's, there's no fodder in there anymore. Um, the fodder. <laughs> and and it, 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 I was just going to say exactly the same. I don't want, I get no kick out of coming on here and being negative and doom and gloom as some people like to put it, but at the minute, we are the fodder. We, we're shipping for fun. We're leaking for fun. We don't have a settled side. We've got players who don't look up to it. Um, and it's massively, massively concerning. I mean, we've spoke off here about Leicester and Danny Ward. What's, he, he's conceding a goal one every two shots he faces. I wouldn't bet against him keep, keeping a clean sheet against us. Um, I don't know. It just, it just seems like... I do feel for Cooper because he's got so many big calls to make with partnerships and he's got 22 new players. I do get that. Uh, and that, that's not really his fault that we perhaps couldn't get at least one or two of the loanees back. But he's paid handsomely to make those calls and he, he's got to get them right pretty sharpish because we're, ju- we're just... It's just really... It's kind of demoralising when you... You kind of like we score the first goal on Friday night, and you think, "Oh, great! Perhaps this is the top, the corner we're going to turn." But within four minutes in the second half, it's just it it's embarrassing. It re- I thought those four minutes were just embarrassing. It was like it, I, I just I couldn't put it into words again. And it's happened two games running against the two sides that we've come up with. And like Reese says, when when we play, you look at our next home game, Villa. Yeah, they've not started great, but you look at their one to eleven. They've got players who are going to seriously have a field day if we if we keep keep dropping performances like that. So, yeah, it's it's one of those. I think we're in a situation where, me personally, I can't see where another point comes from at the moment. I think the thing that infuriates me, Lee, is we're conceding goals and no one's getting furious with anyone. There's no one like like asking the question or getting kind of riled up by easy, simple mistakes. 
And for, for a football fan, they that's something that you hear it on a Saturday as you would do on a ref, as a referee. I bet you when someone concedes a goal, someone's going, whose man was that? And, and giving someone a bollock in. No one seemed that bothered on, on Friday night to me, apart from Dean Anderson, because he was asking whose man was who, et cetera. But the one positive I would give Cooper is he changed the formation with Worrell coming on uh, alongside O'Brien and Lingard and taking two defenders off and going 4-2-3-1. And I thought it was a lot more suited to us, in, in all honesty, because Lewis O'Brien made an immediate impact by making a tackle on Dan James. It absolutely flew in on him and no one was making a tackle on Friday night. It was nothing compared to last season when you got Jimmy Garner flying in at people and and getting the crowd really up for it. Where Where is that fight at the moment? I don't understand where it's gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's almost like we're feeling sorry for ourselves a little bit, I think. We, we kind of concede the first goal and the heads drop and the body language is pretty poor. It just I don't I don't know what it is I can't put my finger on it but yeah you're you're dead right there there is no kind of there's no kind of inquest when when we do concede yeah and I think it's 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 in a keeper's um, it's the natural instinct isn't it when the ball goes past you to kind of you know like you, like you've said even at my level of football when I'm refereeing so the keeper will usually shout who the fuck's marking him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think we're just feeling a bit sorry for ourselves. We need to. We need to kind of. We deserve to be here. We had a good season last season, and it was probably my, the most enjoyable season I've had in my lifetime watching Forest open away. But you know, we need to. If we want this stay in the Premier League not to be short lived, we need to kind of roll our sleeves up now. And some players have got to start looking in the mirror and saying, "Am, am I giving absolutely everything when I when I put this shirt on?" And right now, I think there's probably a good five or six that definitely aren't. Mm. Reese, I just want to touch on, try and touch on some positives. Obviously, we want to talk about Lewis O'Brien. We've already spoke a large deal about him, but he was superb Friday night for me. Our best player. He, he, like I said, he made an immediate impact by getting on the ball, putting a tackle in, getting the ball forward looking composed. I mean, there was a point where he got the ball on the edge of the box and he kind of did what we spoke about last season when Garner Cruyff turned on the edge of our 18-yard box against Derby and got out of a situation. He just, he's the one that's breeding a lot of confidence for me. The the, like, the, goal, the goal he scored was, well, I thought was, was, was brilliant. It was a good move, actually, I thought. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was a good move. Um, to be to be fair, Christian thinks I'm being a bit harsh here, but really Johnson should have got it to the back post and Sawyer would have tapped him. But you know, he's put a good he's put a ball into the area, fair play, into a good area, fair play is intercepted. And to be fair to O'Brien, he's followed it in. Um you know, like that tackle, that tackle got the crowd up. You know, the, 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 that's what I mean. People going about the atmosphere, like is is if they're trying to blame themselves, fans are trying to blame themselves. The tone of the game sets the atmosphere. You know, you look at the West Ham and the Spurs game, the atmosphere was electric because it was end-to-end. Forest would gave everything, literally, for 90 minutes, and the atmosphere was superb. Now, Bournemouth game, it was more similar as well to Fulham, a bit more championship feel about it. But, you know, and then it's moments like that O'Brien tackle when the crowd gets up and you just see that desire from the players to try and, you know, put things right. And that's what O'Brien did so well when he came on. But 
you know that that was that was definitely he was definitely the positive. Um, I know you're trying to, you know, get positives, Adam, because you know we all want to be positive on this podcast. I know some people don't think we do, but we, God, I don't enjoy doing these podcasts when we've lost a game. But you know, it's another it's another defeat again. And like I said, when when we made it three two, the game just like passed us. Oh, yeah, 14, we, we, did, we didn't throw the, we didn't throw the kitchen yeah, sink at them at all, it, did we? I, literally, when it went three two, I was like, I said to my missus and that, and people go, let's get Dennis on now and go for it. You know what, right? I'd rather have gone for it and lost four two, and at least I, you could have think at least he's thrown everything at it. And then he brought Dennis on with two was it two minutes of normal time to go, and it ended up. <laughs> You know, people like even got on his back and it, it summed up the night when he tried to control a ball and it just bounced off his hand, you know, like Gareth Taylor back in the side. And I just thought, <laughs> you know, you can't keep giving a guy who we paid 20 million for the odd five minute, 10 minute a year. You know, I'm just, you know, Cooper just got so literally, I think every sub right last season, I just look at some of his subs this season, I'm like, you know, come on, Steve, help yourself a bit, mate. He's had, he's had one you know good one I mean? and that was O'Brien, you know, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I wouldn't have even brought a one year off, to be honest, but, you know, I don't, I don't really know what to to say. It's just, you know, it's, it's hard talking about it when it's been a long, it's been a long time, haven't we, since we've had to be negative about Forrest and it's um, finding it a bit tough to be honest. Yeah. Lee, have you got anything um, to add to that? Yeah, I just think, like, I've seen bits and bobs as well from people already writing Dennis off. It's like, he played about three minutes on trying that. <laughs> oh, he's shit, he's a dud. He had that one where he, he went to touch it, didn't he? And it, it flicked up mm. and hit his arm and it was on ball. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh he's shit he is. He's fucking shit he is. Get him off. And why we put him on his crap? I'm like, hold on a minute. Last season he scored ten goals in this league, and yet because because he's the side that went down, in the side that went down, and because he's playing for two or three minutes here and there, our some of our fans have written him off as absolutely shit. I mean, come on! I mean, this this is the thing that we got a lot of stick for the last pod, and this is the thing that's starting to wind me up. We, we were we were negative, but I don't think we were OTC. At that moment, it was one defeat. Now we've done it twice. So what what are we supposed to say when we lose? We, we're not happy clappers to the point where we're going to only do pods when we win and everything's rosy. We've got to try and analyse things. And I just think sometimes that we've got some fans who, how can we be right? And play? In one breath, we're saying, oh, we've got 22 players, we've got to bed them all in, we've got to give everything time. In the next breath, we're writing Emmanuel Dennis off, who cost us 20 million and scored 10 goals last year in this league as crap when he's playing for three minutes against Fulham and does something particularly bad. It's like, come on, it's... It's just really, really demoralising, isn't it? This, I just think it's just, it, I don't know, I don't, I don't really know. I just think the atmosphere is going to quickly keep getting worse, I think, because I, I totally agree with what Reese says, that the game, how the game and how Forrest are playing dictates what the fans are doing. That's just natural. Unless we're playing Liverpool, Man United, those sort of clubs, then the atmosphere will be good anyway. But against these games, it's up to the players to get us out of our seats and, you know, when we ship in three and four minutes, then what, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah, these people as well who are saying, sorry, before you come on to Christian, Adam, you know, these fans as well who are saying, you know, look where we've come from, we'll mm. be back in the same position next season if it doesn't, if we can't, you know, 
start improving. I'm look, last season was unreal. That squad, I've never felt an affection towards a Forest team like that before. What they did, what Steve Cooper did, it was a, a miracle because we've had 23 years of crap. And to come from the bottom of the league and you know get promoted, it was like a fairy tale. But that's like Maranaki says in pre in preseason, draw a line under that now. We're here in the big league now. The aim of this club is to stay in the big league. You, you can't think, oh, well, how about where we was a year ago or 10 years ago? Forest have got to stay in this division. And they're not going to do that by collapsing to sides at home who not expect to be, but you really need to be picking points off at home. Yeah. Christian, I just want to ask you about something that, that Lee and Reese talked about atmosphere-wise. Do you think... Because it's Bournemouth and Fulham, do you think that makes a bit of a difference? Do you think we prefer being like that underdog kind of sort of team because we were like that most of last season in a sense of where where we were, like like has been so many times it's been mentioned against like the bigger teams that where we don't expect to pick points up of, we seem to perform that extra bit ten that ten percent more that that we need, but obviously just need to find the right way of beating these teams. And then getting the crowd up, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like Reese, it's down to the players, really. I mean, there were times last season, towards the back end, not that I'm complaining about, I think it was brilliant. Like, I remember when we had West Brom, and you go into the ground knowing Forest would win. You know it would be, and the crowd felt that way as well. Like, they felt like there'd be a, a, a spring in their step, and they go like, you know, oh, come on then, let's get behind them proper, you know, let's enjoy Forest, take aside some sides, another team, like it's nothing, and then move on to next week and see what we do next. And you know, it does seem as if, like, especially with recent, that's understandable as well. Like, because obviously, you know, we've lost two. I, for what it's worth, I didn't think the atmosphere was that bad at Fulham, to be fair. I thought that, um, you know, obviously, it, was, it wasn't going to be like it was against Liverpool in the Cup last year or Sheffield United in the playoffs. And maybe it doesn't need to be at that level. But again, that does come down to the players. They need to get us out of our, our seats. But I did think generally it wasn't too bad. Like, even when, you know, you, you, you could hear it. Obviously, what I watched that say when I got back. And, um, you know, you can still, after the, I think after the third goal, you can still hear the Forest fans singing, like, come on, your heads, et cetera, et cetera, trying to get them back up. And, um, you know, obviously, Cooper acknowledged that at the end of the game as well. So, but as we've known, we've been watching Forest long enough to know that you can't take that for granted, regardless of what league you're in. And, you know, if results don't improve, that will turn. So, yeah. and then that's half the battle done for the position anyway. I mean, before, to be far for the, or keeping this downward spiral. I will say some things that are positives from the game. I thought Sam Sarge's cameo was very good when yeah, he came on. I, I felt agree. that he he came on like he had something to prove. Um, his touch was good. His movement was good. Um, the passing he was picking out was good. Um, you, know, you make your own luck. Um, moving on, you make your own luck in football. Uh, I thought again, and I thought Reese being a little bit harsh on Johnson when I watched it back. There was a good interception from Ream. It was unlucky for him that it flicked up into um, O'Brien's path. But had he not made that pass, Sarge just got a tap into the six-yard box. So, you know, you make your unlucky football. Johnson played well. You know, that was more accustomed to what we, we know we can get from him. Because I know obviously you've had it, well, not necessarily had it in from his picture, you sort of want more from him. But, um, you know, that was very much like you know, Johnson, from, who was the best player in the league last season, arguably. So that was good. Um, obviously, O'Brien was brilliant. When he came on. Um, I thought Bowley for 40 minutes or so was quite solid and quite good. And obviously, got knackered very quickly. But um, no, there are positives there with Forest. And I think that, you know, I think even though we've done it again, there is more to take from this game than it was from the Bournemouth game. 
because Bournemouth was fucking an aberration. Whereas at least after this, you can sort of say like, okay, look, this bit was good. My only concern was that I felt that, and I know on the one hand it showed that we can defend in this league because I actually felt that, you know, in the first half, I was a bit annoyed because the first 15 minutes we looked really good, Forest. You know, we, we were looking around well. We were looking, we we're causing problems. We were probing. Then we scored, and then we just shut off. We just restricted into a shape. And um, but to be fair, you know, and this is something like you know, Cook. To be fair to him, you know, I don't think he's good enough to start. But he dealt with Mitrovic all right. Royler was intercepting balls that were coming into him. You know, they didn't really do anything in the first half full of them. So we, we've shown we can defend at this level. And, you know, I, in hindsight, I would maybe really like us to be a bit more on the front foot, like we know Forrest can do in that first half. But, you know, you have to take that as tactical. We, we, our shape and structure was good, which makes the six-minute capitulation even more fucking infuriating because it shouldn't <laughs> have happened. Like, again, but, you know, we you can talk about it until you're like, blue in the face, really. Until we start playing the best players until we stop doing schoolboy elementary mistakes. Like, again, I don't want to sound like I'm hammering Yates as I don't necessarily want to do it, but all this talk about how Mitch Fitch caused them off, absolute bollocks. He lost his man way before that happens. And, you know, Fulham have got their average, their centre-backs must have an average height about six foot six. Both of them are fucking giants. <laughs> how can you lose one before the ball's even put in? Like, it's, and second one, like, as the guy in front of me um, in A-Block was like, oh, why is it every team scores screamers against us this season after Polina whacked it in the top corner? It's like, was they being fucking allowed to? You know, look, you look at the Shah, Colbat doesn't close him down. You look at Cancelo, Yates doesn't close him down. You look at Billing, Yates doesn't close him down. You look at yesterday, Yates doesn't close him down. If you, like, you don't give these people an invitation to fucking shoot. Mm. And I, you know, it's until we stop, like, it's the same at any level. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday morning. It doesn't matter if it's a Premier League. Until you get the basics right, you will not go anywhere. It doesn't matter what players you have. It doesn't matter what manager you have. Until you can do simple things, you pick up your man from a corner. You make a five-yard pass. Until you do stuff like that, you'll go fucking nowhere. I mean, there is Just... one there we can take out of it. But honestly, like, it's, that's what's costing us at the minute. And it's so annoying because it's so preventable. Just to add to Christian, annoyingly, we, we dealt with their biggest threat, Mitrovic, brilliantly. Didn't yeah, he was out of the game. In fact, he, in, fact he got, in fact, he got pissed off at one point. I yeah. think he had a swipe, didn't he? Because yeah, he, he didn't get a kick. He should have got put for that as well. We, we Gareth Gillett with his yellow white shirt on. I mean, you know, Gillett was horrendous <laughs> out for Friday. Yes, on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Lee, I know you were going to be one of these. I don't want you may as well have like, put a Fulham yeah. shirt on our fort at some Honestly, point. Honestly, I don't want to be one of these people that like, because I feel if you've lost the game, you're blaming the ref. You haven't done enough no. in the game. And it wasn't his fault in last, but he was, was terrible. Fucking awful, Gillett. Like, is it, like, is it, like, <laughs> well, he's not meant to be part of a PGMO like process. He's meant to be the good one. Like, honestly, <laughs> it, 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 it feeds on to Lee's point of literally this English referee disease of we seem to be making good officials look fucking <laughs> crap. So, you know, but um, yeah, as going back to, like I said, we'd help with Mitrovic superbly. It's just about consistency. We can, you know, these players, that's the problem at this level. You've got to do it consistently more. And there is periods in the game where we do it fine. But, you know, that seven minute spell, you can't have a seven minutes like that. And then because the game's just taken away from you, you yeah, know, but, and, and, yeah. and that's it. And that's what's cost us. Uh, uh, the rest of the game was okay. Wasn't good. I don't think they had any more chance. I don't think they had any more chances. It was another championship game. I thought, you know, it was okay. 
But One, you know, um, within seven minutes, they turned a Premier League seven minutes and they put us to the sword. I do have another positive, actually. Uh, Jesse Lingard's ball to Johnson was top draw. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant pass. And it's like, I know obviously he joined preseason late and we've seen, you know, he's well, against West Ham, he's blowing out his arse the last 20 minutes. And uh, you know, obviously Gibbs White coming in has helped that, you know, sort of that rotation element and they've got good, good, good competition there. But though, when Lingard came on, he looked really, really good against Fulham. And I you know, think that's a little benefits bit... us better to have a fitter Lingard that's up to speed because it, we, he will help us get points. I mean, Isn't it... could you get both of them in the same team? Yes, I and I will come you... on to that. Lee, go on. Go on. <laughs> Lee's I was just going to say, isn't it interesting <laughs> that Jesse Lingard comes on and I thought he made two pretty good, really good passes. One, like you said, Christian, was amazing. Um, and I think he played another good one as well. They seem to get forgotten about when it's a player like Jesse Lingard. Yet other players who are perhaps born a little bit closer towards the city ground, one little pass or one good thing and it's remembered forever. I think Lingard is getting at the minute a lot of unfair criticism because of the wages he probably earns at this football club. And well, you've got meatheads like the. Like, I shouldn't say it obviously because they're obviously now doing us a favour by sponsoring. You get meatheads like Alex Crook come out, West Ham fans, who are like, <laughs> oh, I'm still sad Lingard went to Forest and like, they're mm. hammering after every performance it doesn't score in. Like, yeah. Lingard's like, okay, fair enough. He needs to have goals to assist his game. We know that. He knows that. But in the build up to things, you can see him getting more and more instrumental when he plays. We saw that in the second goal against Fulham. Like, you know, it, when he gets up to speed, he'll be a huge asset for this football club. I'm very certain. I mean, we had this problem with Carvalho, didn't it? What, what did all the haters say? Oh, he had one good game against Burwell. He got about seven or eight assists, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Plus, he scored about four or five goals, yet apparently only had one, one good game against Middlesbrough. So, things, things easily... Yeah, get me words out. Things easily get forgotten when a player's probably not, you know... Like it expects more. Like obviously, Carvalho costs 13 million Lingard. Yeah, that, that's what, it, that's what it's down to. People but, expect more than just build up passes. You know, you never, you know, this was the same as well with Carvalho, going back to him. You're not going to get the best out of players when you're playing them one game and then they drop the next. You, you need runs of games. You need to give them half a dozen games in the team, not one in one out. You just, you'll never ever get anybody picking up form like that. It just doesn't work like that in football. I actually think I actually think that's probably the most bizarre aspect of our recruitment this summer for me. The fact that we our club record signing plays in the same position as a player like Jesse Lingard, who we yeah, I know he, I know he was a free, but the wages makes him have we paid about nine, ten million for him in about wages, six something like million, that. Depending on six, eight, does, yeah. yeah. So I mean that is somewhat bizarre because like Reese has just said you, Cooper probably doesn't want to leave both of them out because he'll be he'll be looking at that and thinking, well, the board have signed these players to play, but ultimately in that system that he plays, he's probably not going to leave Johnson out. Um, it, it, that's that's the difficult one for Cooper, I think, because like I say, he's got a club record signing and a bloke who's on pretty decent money, almost vying for the same shirt. Which um, it, it remains to be seen if that'll happen for much longer. To be honest, for me, yeah, it's just. A- Go on, Adam. The the I said this last week. Player striker, a one was brilliant. I thought Friday he got the ball. Yeah. There was a point where he took the ball down. He laid it off. He got in behind, and and he and he it was just a bit too too much ahead of him. And I thought he caused Adebayo and and Diop a fair few problems. Should have scored second half. We haven't touched on that. It was it was an easier chance to. To, to miss than, than he did or whatever. It was harder, harder to miss, sorry, should I say. 
I thought he was excellent. And and that that makes my point as well. And I thought when we played West Ham and Lingard was in behind him, he looked to find him more often than not. And that was just a partnership that could blossom if given time. But then I wonder you weren't playing. For me, if you want to play Jesse Lingard and Morgan Gibbs-White in the same team, you play 4-2-3-1 and Morgan Gibbs-White goes out wide for me. Because he's, he's a winger. He's a natural winger for me. I don't think he is a 10. I think he's a floater. You can in, They can interchange anyway. Johnson out wide will be a much better player in this league than up front because he can't play with his back to goal. You play the ball in front of him, he'll beat a man, hopefully, and get a ball across. I mean, the two goals where he was involved, we went back to what we was doing last season so well, which was cutting the ball back to the penalty spot. And we and we got we got rewarded with a goal from a corner that come from that and, and then a goal from Lewis O'Brien because the defender's got to deal with it. Otherwise, Surridge is getting a tap in. For me, that that is the solution. You play you play Mangala and O'Brien or Kiate and O'Brien, a combination that will that can do kind of two different jobs, but will be solid and, and give you the energy and the composure and wants the ball. We play with a four at the back and we go a bit more solid in that in that sense. Near Kate and, and Biancone or, or Bade, however whoever can play there when they're fit, or McKenna. I just think this this is how we've got to go. I think we have to change the formation. We're getting we're getting doubled up on in every position. Midfield, we're losing. We're getting outnumbered. And out wide, Lodi and, and Williams are just getting 2v1 all the time from a fullback and a winger. And we're playing three at the back against one striker majority of the time in this league. And you don't need that, in my opinion. I, you just need the two. That, that's that's my 50 pence on it. Um, I don't know about you lot, but... I mean, the, the next game is going to be so interesting. Do you, th- do you think Cooper goes if we lose that? Because I, it could happen. No. No, I don't want him to. I want him to have the full no. season, in my opinion. Well, I think he will. Yeah, no, I think... we, we, like I said, you know, Christian echoed it. I don't, I'm not. I'm never going to shout out for Steve Cooper. Out. No, no chance. You know, I, I, like I've said in this part, I do think some of his subs and selections have been odd, but I'm not not shouting the bloke out. You know, I'm just my concern has always been from an owner's perspective when I look how ruthless our owner is. And the money is spent as well. Will he accept this? I do. I just can't. I just can't see it. I think even Marinakis knows that. You know, even with what he spent, you bring twenty-two players, your second manager, and this uh, Mm. is stupid. You have a fair chance to build that team together. You've put for him. I I know, and you know, it's all when a good saying results aren't good enough. But equally, no. If it was a settled team, and let's say we brought in four or five. And we were going on a run like this. And yes, I would be very concerned for the future. I don't think Marinaka... I mean, we're still hearing con- in, in the media talk about, you know, fair enough, and for cynical reasons. We're still seeing that Forrest want to think of keeping your deal. Well, yeah, so, I a pinch of salt because it's from Nixon, isn't it? Of course, yeah. But like, um, the fact we're even seeing reports like that, even if it's in the interest of another club, for example, or potential interest of another club, if we were doing that badly, we are going to sack the manager, that wouldn't even be on the table. That wouldn't even be in the news. It'll be, it'll I be mean... I, I don't... I'm not... <laughs> I don't know. I, I I hope I'm right. Anyway, I don't think Cooper will be sacked if we lose to Leicester. I don't think we sacked if we lose against Leicester and Miller. I think that at the late, at the earliest, he'll get is the World Cup. I think after that, he might be a bit like we're like rock bottom and like say six, seven points off safety, and we're still losing games like for fun and leaking goals. At that point, I think oh, okay, yeah, this could be a bit bleak for him unless things turn around pretty quickly. I think we're still in single digits for the season, for God's sake. Yeah, like he's not going to get sacked yet. Yeah, Lee, would you? Matt, sorry, can I just quickly before we move on to Lee? Just the the bit of the, the only counter argument for that for me was 
I look at Leeds and how much they love Bielsa and they brought in Jesse March. I know it was further down the line and look how quickly Bielsa's been forgotten. You know, football does move on quickly. If Cooper got sacked and Forrest brought someone in and we started moving up the league, he, he would be forgotten about in, you know, apart from what he did last season, like just because how quickly football moves. Um, I'm hoping Brendan Rodgers is in charge for that last game because I know we've been poor. I know we've been, I can't say I think he's done, but I know we've been poor, but we can, that Leicester defence, if we could get the first goal at Leicester and go ahead again, the crowd would turn there with it being a big Big, game. That is a massive game. You know, they'll, they'll, their fans will love that because, you know, it, it plays into the narrative of, oh, Forrest has got this rivalry with Leicester and all that crap. But, yeah, that'll be interesting. It's just it a shame, is. like I've said, we've got weeks to stew over it again. It is a derby game, but, Lee, do you do you think we should change... Obviously, personnel is, is a big one, but do you think we should change style? Do you think we should abandon playing out from the back so much? Because it might not be getting us into trouble too much, but it has done. But do you think just because we need we need points on the board now, do you think we have to go maybe a little bit more direct just to get the ball in opposition teams' halves and play that bit 10, 10, 15 yards further up the field a bit quicker? Yeah, we have been a bit naive. Um, I think we saw, I mean, it's a bad example because we shipped five other goals, but at City when, when Henderson's trying to loop a, a pass over, I think it was Silver's head with his weak foot. I mean... Yeah, in those situations, that I don't think, I, I don't think we should abandon trying to play out from the back. I think there's time and a place for it, um, but at the same time, when you're playing with a striker, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a more direct approach at certain stages of the game. Um, like for example, at one nil up on, against Fulham, I mean, you, you know, if you've got five or ten minutes before half time, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with trying to hit the big target man or you know, put it into down the flanks or something like that. So I don't think I'd completely abandon it as such. Um, I think we should still keep trying to play. But in this league, what we've got to be mindful of is that um, teams will quickly... I don't think we've seen too many teams yet kind of... You know what we used to say in the Championship where teams come with two banks of four and they make life difficult. We're not going to get that in this league. Teams will quickly cotton on that the keeper wants to put his hand on it and get on with it and play it short. And then within five or 10 minutes, the next time it happens, there's three men around the box waiting to stop you doing that. So we just, we, we just need to learn and we need to learn bloody quickly because it's going to keep costing us more points if we keep making, you know, mistakes that really are, you know, fundamentally what, you know, what we should just be doing properly, really. Yeah. Reese, when we go to Leicester, what's your, what's your formation your personnel and then and then how, how do you approach that game as well you know something else I forgot to touch on the last comment you know the the post-match press conference he just he just looked broken Cooper I've never seen him like that and I don't know if you guys have seen the post-match um it might have been the evening post put it up but he just looked he just looked broken um it's going to be an interesting two weeks before the last of the game, see what happens. The good thing is for Forrest, it gives Steve another couple of weeks on the training ground to work with the team. But not, not really. Team. No, not really. Just yeah, a lot of them internationals well, now. Well, yeah, not there's not loads though, is he probably what is he half a dozen? Eight, is he? 
They've got, you've got uh, Gibbs White's got well, 21. That's, that's not even half how many we've signed. So yeah, Henderson's <laughs> gone to England, obviously. Mm. Nick Carte's gone to Senegal, weirdly. Yeah. There's, there's, there's quite a few that have gone. Yeah, well, at least it gives him time to work with some others, I guess. You know, when Bardo's coming, anti probably get him up to match speed, etc. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just trying to think of some positives because <laughs> um, Leicester away is just. I've no idea what to think of that game. You know, I've, I've watched Leicester the last two games, Brighton and Tottenham. Oof, they are at the back, horrendously bad. Like a lot worse than us. Because literally, they they score and within like two minutes, it's just conceding chances. Yeah, yeah, like literally, they scored. Obviously, scored that penalty. I literally went upstairs because we're going out for dinner. I was getting ready. I think a couple of minutes. The missus like, oh, Tottenham equalised within like, and it's like always a set piece and. And as well, they are having problems of playing out with the back. Danny Ward's not very good with his feet and. You know, like I said in in, in the um, past comment, that's the first goal there. I think it's going to be very vital. If we can get the first goal there, then it'll be interesting. You know, and even from their side, if they get the first goal, but it depends who's fit. Adam, I do like your idea. To be fair, um, you know, Lee's as well with having Kiate in there, maybe. If, I just don't know what the answer is at the minute. That I really, I really just don't know what the answer is, um, and that's up to it's up to Cooper and to try and find that formula. Um, <laughs> it's literally like the impossible question because I don't know if 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 everyone was fit. I mean, <laughs> I just don't. I mean, honestly, don't. Um, I mean, like O'Brien's got to play. If Mangala's fit, he, he's got to be in that central midfield as well. You know, obviously, Anderson would be in goal. Williams, right back. I'd even be, you know, this will be a controversial. I'd even think about sticking Toffolo back in at Leicester and playing him left back, and probably even sticking with Warrell and McKenna for that game, possibly. Can you could get like you said, get Gibbs White and Lingard in the same team? I'd like to see Dennis be given a chance. I just there's that many permutations. I just I just don't know at the minute. Um, we'll have to see when that time comes, when Leicester comes. Um, hopefully, the team what Steve picks can just get us, you know, that win and. Because it, you know, if we could go to Leicester and win, then it's not going to be easy by any means. But Villa at home, you could, you'd think you could probably back that up with another good performance and a result, possibly even if it was a draw. To get four out of the next two would be good, and uh, then we'll see what happens. But I'm just, I don't know what the answers are at the minute, mate. I just, I honestly don't know. Can I jump in, Lee? Yeah, if you don't mind, I I actually I, I was just listening there with intrigue, and I actually before he said it about Toffolo, at the end of the day we've lost the last four matches. I would be tempted to go with something similar to what we played at Everton when we go to Leicester. Yeah. Um, it, it might sound like a, you know a bit of a, a blasé way of thinking it. Oh, go with a team that you know your last positive result, but I don't think it would hurt. I just think. If he's going to stick with that formation, maybe stick Toffolo back in there. Um, 
I don't for one minute think he will. I don't think you're going to sign Atletico Madrid's first choice left back from last year and then not not play him. Um, but I just think it's the sort of game where, yeah, it could suit him. I I, I don't. I actually think that's a really good shout to be fair, chucking Toffolo back in. Like I say, if Mangala's fit, I'd, I'd be half tempted to just go with the team that started at Everton. I'm pretty sure Awanier started in that game, didn't he? he did, so yeah. Um, that would mean leaving Gibbs White out. You could maybe justify putting him in. Um, did Lingard play at Everton? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah so I mean, yeah. He, he, knowing Cooper, he's probably going to play Gibbs White, so it might be Lingard on the bench again. But yeah, I, especially if Mangala's fit, I would probably go with something similar to what we played at Everton. Christian? Just... <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I, I, I trust Cooper to get it right at Leicester. Um, I think a lot depends on Leicester themselves. I think if they don't sack Rogers, I think he'll have them like well, in, like really well in for it. Um, we'll have, we'll likely have Mangala back. There's a good chance of Nierkaz has gone to Senegal. He'll be fit too. That'll yeah, be that's, two a, that's a good huge, point. That is huge, huge bonuses. Yeah, if he's set, he's got to play Nierkaz. So if we go in with Leicester, they say O'Brien and Mangala in midfield. And we sit the same formation. Even if you got Warrell, even if you got, uh, we got likely Warrell, McKenna, and Nierkaz in the middle. Suddenly, you know, you're feeling more confident again. You've got, you've got your spine back to your team. You're thinking, okay, you know what? We can fucking get at these. I think as well, mentality is going to be so important at Leicester because while I do agree with Lee's recent the first goal is important, purely because of how bad they are at defending, we need to go, if we do concede, we're not done because we can get that one back very easily and we can do it. We've like, you know, we saw it in the cup game, throwing off a different team. They folded like a fucking deck chair, Leicester, in the back then. And that back four hasn't changed. You know, it was, it was still likely be Soyuncu and um, Marte, or maybe that mm. new guy they've signed. The, like, yeah, this, they played him as someone else. Was it Emma Evans? Wanted the David yeah. Luiz look alike in Evans yesterday. And but I mean, he's even sticking to, Indeedy in there, isn't he? Yeah, just trying everything. They're there to be got at. Even if we concede first, it is a game over. It's important to know that because just because of how much they leak. So, no, I, I'm confident we can get a result. I mean, there is a part of me that feels if Leicester changed their manager and hired Thomas Frank, we could be in big trouble. But, well, that's all variables. So it was all this and buts anyway. We, we can only control what we can do. I think if we, we go Leicester starting a one with O'Brien and Mangar in midfield, Nia Carte back in the back three, we win that game. And I, I, I know I'm, I'm sort of I'm saying to my mates, where's our next point coming from? But if we go with those boys back in the squad, then, you know, well, I, I feel a lot more confident about Forest's chances. Just like for, for my thoughts on on the Leicester game, I would change it. I'd go four two three one, like I mentioned earlier. I'd I'd go war, war, uh, I'd, I'd stick Warrell back in. I'd, I'd Warrell and Niakate or, or McKenna. Niakate if he's fit, he's got to play. Williams and I would consider Toffolo at left back. Mangala and O'Brien in the middle, and I'd play Lingard in front. Morgan Gibbs White left, and either Dennis or Johnson on the right, and then one new up top. And I just go. A bit more positive with it all. I I don't know. For me, the the back three, the personnel we've played haven't been good enough on the ball to then pass it to a midfielder or looked confident enough to do that. The midfielders aren't asking for the ball, but when they are, we, we look all right, sort of thing. But we're not playing those players that look to want the ball. So for me, I think that's a, an important thing. People, we just need people that are confident and comfortable with actually playing the game they're paid to, to do. Like, do you know what I mean? The footballers at the end of the day, they should want it, but a lot of the time they just seem to be hiding it. But let's get some predictions anyway. Um, Lee, we'll start with you. What, what are you going to say 
for the Leicester game? Well, I mean, I've already said on this podcast, I can't see where our next point's coming from, but I am going to predict us to get a point, actually. Um, in bizarre, in bizarre, you're season, the most actually. hypocritical man I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I just, it's you guys. I think talking about it, the more I think, yeah, do you know what? Leicester are pretty shite as well. And then the closer the week gets, you'll be in the chat saying, right, we're losing 3 1. Yeah, probably, I mean, you put 3 2 in the chat I mean, against Fulham, and we, we we lied to everyone and said it was 2 2. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for giving me that credit. I don't know if I would have prize for that, but I did get the score, right? So, um, I'm actually going to go two predictions. So I think things might change if Rogers goes. Actually, if Rogers goes, I think they, with the new manager bounce, probably will beat us. Let's face it. Um, if he stays, I think we, I'm going to predict us to get a point. I'm going to end with some positivity. You guys have convinced me with your um, with your passionate rants that we're we're going to be on an upward curve at Leicester. So I think it'll be a, a confidence boost in. Coming from behind, two-two draw. Okay, Reese. Um, similar to Lee in the sense that if they was to sack Rogers and got a new manager, I'd, I'd fancy Leicester to turn us over. Like that new manager bounce nine times out of ten works, doesn't it? You know, and like like I've said to you in the chat, going forward they're actually pretty good, Leicester. Um, it's just at the back there. God, horrendous. You know, Montagnier defensively horrendous. So. Um, but we'll go on the basis that Rogers is still manager. I think we can go there and beat them. I really do. I just think, I just think there'll be more pressure on them at home. Their fans will heap more pressure onto them because it's Forest. We're not that bothered. We are. I am a little tiny bit bothered about Leicester, but because we're now in the Premier League with them. But for them, it's their biggest game of the season in terms of a rivalry. But I'm going to say. This is obviously if Rogers' managers will go there and win 2-0. Wow. Uh, Christian? Uh, much like the others, I very much echo the sentiment that if Leicester do sack Rogers, I think we'll be in trouble. Um, I think even with Mangala and the Ikate back in the squad, you know, going forward for Leicester isn't the issue. Like, you know, people like Madison, Harvey Barnes, you know, even at 36, Vardy still putting them away or ish. Um, they've got players who can hurt you uh, so it's not so much that it's obviously you know, back, I think they got a new manager in around about this sort of time because international break and um, you know he got to work on the training ground with them um, that could be quite a, that, that could be a dangerous game to go into but if they keep Rogers, which hopefully they do because obviously they've got their own financial issues and a big sense of loyalty in the sense that you know he won them an FA Cup and whatnot and that's fair enough took him to Europe several times so he might sort of be like give him time to turn it around. I think that I'd take a lot of confidence from when Cooper completely tactically outmaneuvered him at City Grounds. And I know it's a one-off cup game and I know, you know, the stakes are somewhat higher in that regards, but I think that if Rodgers stays and we get those, you know, Mangala and Nierkarte back in the side, we can win their 3-1. I think their defence is that bad. You know, uh, Danny Ward in goal, like we touched upon earlier, conceding a, a shot, a goal every two shots. They just shoot on sight, boys. You know, one of them's bound to go in. And um, no, I, I think that set pieces, especially against uh, Leicester, which we saw in the cup, it's just, I think it will we'll start Tywin for that as well, because he'll want that focal point. Because look how well Davis played against him in the cup. It'll be the same blueprint as what it was in the cup game. And that will probably work as well. I'm confident it will work too. 
So, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, we. Even though I, I, on the one hand, there's me sort of saying, "Where's our next point coming from?" On the other hand, I think it's. I'll try and be optimistic and think we can win there three-one. I'm going to tend to agree with the positivity. I just think. I think it is going to be a bit more of a rivalry game. The closer it gets to, I think there will be Forest fans that are bothered because it's yeah, a, it's a game it's it's a game we have to win as well as them being yes. quite a close in terms of 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 the geography of it all. But we need a performance now. I would if we can win one nil and it comes off someone's arse or some similar to the West Ham where it just come off a of one knee's knee, you take <laughs> it, won't you? Like oh, we just need we just need a point. If if not free, just just something positive, something to build on a a, a stepping stone almost to feel like we belong here. We we're gonna go into. I know they're bottom and they're they're shipping goals like no tomorrow, but we are gonna go in as underdogs, and I think that will suit us a little bit more because the emphasis will be on Leicester. They're at home. They're struggling themselves, as you've all said. They're 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 good going forward, but absolutely diabolical at the back which we, we we can't really speak too much about because we've been a shambles compared to last season. But if we can go there with with players in place, Mangala, O'Brien, Niakate, a one you up top and and go there with some positivity, there's no reason why we can't win. But I'm going to say a score draw of 1-1 and that's for me. But if if you've got anything to add, Reese, I can see you itching. No, <laughs> You're itching. No, I could, I could talk about that Leicester game forever and a day but um, no we'll leave it to that well if you've enjoyed the podcast uh, please do continue to comment and and all all that good stuff it's it's, uh, been positive and obviously with the talk sport thing coming out but hopefully next time uh, during the international break we'll we'll bring you back a preview of the Leicester game uh, with, with a fan and hopefully it's a quick international break so we can get back to club football which is far better than international football in my opinion I don't don't speak for everyone but come on you Reds just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast this is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people especially Forest fans as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute you know if you are struggling um by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.